Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Shocking giveaway of sovereignty by the Biden administration is imminent. We're going to be talking about this issue with regards to the World Health Organization on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead, and our very special guest is Michelle Bachman, former member of Congress and current dean of Regent University School of Government. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. I appreciate you entering into this important topic for your audience. Well, thank you for getting this word out. You called me a couple of weeks ago with an urgent message about this issue, and I appreciate you getting the word out. This is an amendment that the Biden administration, or amendments that the Biden administration has proposed to the United Nations World Health Organization. It's going to be voted on by the member nations May 22 through 28 during their meeting in Geneva. And Matt, the Biden regime has kept this very quiet, and of course you don't hear about the media, so thank you to obviously hide this from the public. Right. Let's go back and begin. When did these uh, relationships, what is it that we have as the United States with who, and what are these amendments and what will they do? So let's go from the beginning, the amendments and what their impact is. The amendments are to the international health rules. So back in 2005, the the United Nations, so we're the United States of America, the United Nations meets in New York City. That's their headquarters. There's about 194 nations in the world that are part of the United Nations. The, The United Nations has an arm of the UN that deals with international health care. That is the World Health Organization. But there's a governing body over the World Health Organization that's called the World Health Assembly. And the World Health Assembly meets every year in Geneva, Switzerland, and it's during this week. It's May 22nd through 28th. Under the Bush years, the United States of America and the 100 94 member nations joined into international health rules. Now, the safeguard for those health rules is that any nation had an opt-out clause, meaning if a nation didn't want to go along with the rules, they could opt out. So that was a safeguard. There was a reason why the United States felt comfortable going into that agreement. The agreement is not a treaty. It's an agreement. So an international agreement that we agreed to. Now, so the, the, Biden so the United States Senate, since it wasn't a treaty, did not have to vote to ratify it? They did not have to vote. Uh, as you know, under our United States Constitution, the U.S. Senate has to ratify treaties with a vote of two-thirds of the members of the Senate. And the reason why there's such a high bar is because a treaty is considered equal to our U.S. Constitution. It it has a very high authority as a rule of law in the United States. Therefore, U.S. senators require such a high bar for passage. This was not a treaty. This was an international agreement that member nations entered into. And it was fine because there is the opt-out clause. In the current amendments that the Biden administration is offering, they don't touch the opt-out clause. The opt-out clause is there. So that should all give us great comfort. However, 
it doesn't give me great comfort at all for any reason. And I'll tell you why. It's If you look at the last two and a half years in the United States, we had the most authoritarian decisions made against our personal freedom, against our liberty, and against our religious freedom. Well, they totally ignored a constitution. Yeah. That's right. Congress didn't pass any laws regarding wearing masks. They didn't pass any laws regarding requiring us to get a vaccine or requiring church doors to close. All that happened is Dr. Fauci would make a pronouncement and the Biden administration treated that as though it was law. Or Rachel Walensky at the uh, Center for Disease Control would go on a TV show and make a recommendation. And we were all told we had to follow it, even including, if you recall, with the CDC, um, they recommended that people no longer be required to pay rent. There was a rent moratorium. This was unbelievable because these are private contract agreements between apartment owners, landlords, and their tenants. And landlords were told, too bad. We're going to suspend the obligation of renters to have to pay you for their rent. This is the kind of extraordinary, never seen before actions that the Biden administration made. Sometimes we forget this close nexus that we've just had to authoritarianism in our own country. Then the second thing I want to point out is these amendments that transfer sovereignty from the United States to the UN arm of the World Health Organization, the Director General, to make our decisions for us on emergency health care decisions, the Biden administration is making these recommendations. So if they're making the recommendations that the rest of the world is going to buy into, that gives us a pretty strong clue how the Biden administration it views our sovereignty versus giving our sovereignty to the U.N. So you have law and you have practice. And the practice of the Biden administration has been to deny and restrict our liberties and to hand off our liberties to an international body. So if we had a president who could opt us out of who, which President Trump did, he pulled the United States out of the World Health Organization when he was president. Joe Biden put us back into the World Health Organization. But these amendments are a clear indication of the policy direction under the Biden administration. And it is, I hate to use this word, but it is frightening. Because their view is that the United States healthcare decision makers won't be making our healthcare decisions. It will be the UN's healthcare decision maker, Tedros, who's making that decision. I want to remind everyone just personally who Tedros is. He's from Ethiopia. He is not a medical doctor. He was he was found out that he was trying to cover up the um, pandemic issues that were going on in Ethiopia when he was there. So he was lying to people in other countries about the problems that were going on in e Ethiopia. It was an incredible embarrassment. But he was picked up by the Chinese Communist Party and put in as their functionary as the director general of the World Health Organization. So I think what we can see is this Tedros is no friend of the United States. He is a spokesman and apologist for the Communist Chinese Party. And why an American president is giving away U.S. sovereignty 
to a spokesman for the Chinese Communist Party to advance their agenda, not ours, should shake us profoundly. And we should be demanding of our senators and House members that they do whatever they can within their power, demand that they bring this agreement into the Senate, into the House, debate it, have a vote on it, even though they don't aren't required to have a two-thirds vote. They need to bring this in and ask questions. We're really far down the line with this thing. But here's the good news. There is a six-month time period after this vote, when nations can pull their vote back. But it's a heavy lift because we would have to get um, half of the countries who sign on to say no. That's why you want to kill something like this before it ever takes a vote, because it's a much harder lift thereafter. So half of the 194 nations have to say no? Well, half of those who sign on. So depending upon the number of nations who sign on, they have to have, you know, 50 percent plus one vote for this agreement. Here's the other thing that even if the United States doesn't sign on, certainly we want not to have the United States sign on. So what you said about having members of Congress in the House and the Senate hold hearings make pushback because they don't have the ability to vote on it, but certainly Biden can be defunded. There's lots of different things that members of Congress can and should. Yes. But assuming that we win that battle and then 193 nations sign on, what's going to happen to our international travel? What's going to happen when, for example, we override the vaccine mandates for the military, but then who says all these other nations must enforce it so our military can't be in Korea or Japan or some of these other places unless they are abiding by the WHO's regulations. So they could still control the world. They can control it through the imposition of vaccine passports. They've already indicated their desire to do that. Well, our very special guest is uh, Michelle Bachman, former member of Congress, a present dean of Regent University School of Government. Thank you for joining us on Faith and Freedom. I encourage you to go to lc.org and lcaction.org. There's information there about contacting both senators as well as members of Congress, sending faxes, petitions, but certainly do something immediately. Get it out to your friends. Time is of the essence. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. Again, that phone number, 407-875-1776.